All right. Hello, and everyone. Welcome to the newest episode of Sawyer Saloon. I am joined here by my good friend, Mr. Patrick Eating. Patrick, how you doing? Doing great, my man. Thanks for having me on. Nice to be here. Nice hanging out with you, my man. Had a got a great show this Saturday at Crying Eagle Brewery. Got to finally meet you in person. Great time. Had a fucking a great show. Great brewery. Good time. Well worth three hour drive out of Houston, my man. So I appreciate. It. Thanks for booking me. Thanks for having me on your show, my man. Absolutely, man. Dude, you you ran out. You rocked the crowd. You killed it. One of the things I've noticed that you did really well, and it's something that I now realize I need to work on, is uh, crowd work. Sure. Because I've always focused on just being rigid, like just remember your set and then like don't deviate from it or you're going to you're going to fuck up. You're going to forget something. How did you how did you get around to becoming so good at the crowd work? Is that something you've always been good at or something you work towards? Well, um, I've always been kind of quick on my feet verbally, but in situations like that, especially at the brewery, you're not necessarily performing in a, uh, you know, prototypical comedy uh, environment you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. if you go to a comedy club uh, you know you got you packed in it's a uh, temperature controlled you know there's lower ceilings and a you know outside brewery it's wide open it's hot it's muggy there's a lot of distractions there's lights there's a road so you gotta engage with people right. kind of get them going and also when you when you talk to people even when you deliver material like if you make eye contact you know what i'm saying it's you'll you'll get a response from that person whether it be positive right. or negative most, most people don't have the balls or don't want to just stone face you. They want to give you something. And also interacting with people, I feel it's a great way to do transitions in my act or just get them interested or maybe figure out a new uh, tag or something like that. Keeps everything mm-hmm. fresh. Um, the way I picture, or at least I, how I feel like I'm, I, I enjoy comedy is like kind of when it's a more interactive experience. And it's not necessarily, I mean, I, re- I mean, I, I, I get the compliment a lot that I, I'm great at crowd work and it's just something that's kind of, I developed over the years, but mm-hmm. I've always been quick, but basically I developed that skill because I, I wanted to quit bombing at bar shows. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wanted to stop yeah. doing that because you realize like, you know, especially when you're a few years in, like, you know, you might have some, some good bits and some good uh, jokes, but you're not, I mean, like there's very few people who are great, great material writers, maybe like less than three years in. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And a lot of the jokes I was writing were darker jokes and like maybe shorter jokes, uh, edgier shit. You know, a lot of people, what a lot of people do. And uh, you realize, man, th- these folks don't want to hear some uh, joke about 9-11 or just fucking some weird uh, thing I read on the internet. You know what I'm saying? They want to they want to talk about, you know, having a good time for the most part. It's a bar. Right. And a lot of times they didn't even know a fucking show was happening. You know what I'm saying? And it in that case, you're like, all right, I got to start talking to these people. And then you start realizing kind of what's funny there. You're like, okay, I'll, maybe I'll start writing some more relatable stuff that I would do. Um, no, not nothing. You know, try to be as original as possible and true to your own comedic voice and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But like, you want to realize how I, I, how I like comedy. Like I like, I like talking to people. I don't mind them. I mean, they're there. They're part of the show. The crowd's as much a part of the show as I am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if you can work the crowd, it's a great instrument to have. And it's, uh, it helps. It really helps when you're working out new stuff and you're really not sure how it goes. And that way you don't just eat the biggest pile of dicks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, I have heard the counter side of that argument. It's like, hey, how are you going to know it's really funny? If it just fucking just – it's like uh, – I think Chris Rock said it. It's like if you're going to know your writing traits, just say your writing. No – 
with no inflection or nothing to see if it's there and then put the performance on top of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and that's, I don't necessarily have the balls to do that sometimes. Cause like, you know, Hey, bombing sucks. And <laughs> does, if bomb, yeah. and if you know, bombs, I'll usually come up with a drop line. I'm like, Oh, that was stupid. Wasn't it? <laughs> you know, so, something along those lines or goes, Hey, you guys didn't like that shit. And then may, maybe I shouldn't do that, but I, it's something I do. Yeah. It's, and you try to think of different ways, you know, to kind of maybe not suck. And a lot of times, you know, I, I, I kind of developed that through drop lines and doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But crowd work is something that I, I enjoy. It's fun for me. Uh, and also it's a, it's a great way to able to extend sets, even though maybe like, you know, I know some of my material may not work. You know what I'm saying? There was a, there was a good section of bits that I was like, I don't think I'm going to do these tonight because maybe the setup's too long or maybe X, Y, or Z. When right. I got to Crime Eagle and I was like, hey, you know, cause it, it, I, I, knew, I knew I had some stuff that would work, but it's not sure because of how it's not really a comedy sh- audience. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, hey, right. we're here for something different to do. I don't really know what this is, but it's something different to do. You know? Yeah. And sometimes if you have like, you know, stories or something like this and that has like a long setup, people can just kind of check out because you're not talking to them and they're not mm-hmm. being stimulated immediately. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's one of the things that I've noticed in comedy is that before anything, what you want to do first, the fastest thing you want to do is sell the crowd on you. Get them to where, like, I always said, I tell a lot of dad jokes. So yeah. normally whenever I do like my, my sets, I'll do dad jokes or something that's like really not aggressive, but like I'm acting at something that like draws people in like that. Like, what is he doing? And, or something that's like a bunch of quick jokes. That's like, okay, this guy's funny. He's kind of playful. Like this, this, this is what he's going to be set the tone. Cause if you don't, if you just start off me going dry, then it's, it's not going to work out because they're, they're not ready for it yet, but you have to like sell them on it, like make them ready for it. And that's the crowd work is super. That's that's a huge part of make accomplishing that because it gets them engaged. And you're like, you know, you're calling out certain people, and it's like it's very sporadic. So it's like, oh, what's he gonna do next? We don't know because he's kind of off the wall with it. And so, but it, like you said, it, it's a it's 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 an engagement between you and the crowd. You have to be able to stay in control of it because you're the one up there performing, but they are a part it's, of it. Like what you said a second ago, it's it's very spontaneous. It's very unpredictable as well. It's just as unpredictable as me as it is for the crowd. Right. That's part of the fun of it. You know, so like crowd work does go sideways. And even what you were saying a second ago, like if you look at a comedy show and how it's constructed, the best comedy shows, you know, if you start hot with a good host and the headliner kills, it's a great show. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? The host bombs and the headliner kills, it's still a good show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like how you start and how you end is very important is even if you're murdering for eight minutes, but it's a 20 minute set and the last seven are just fucking, you know, ooh fuck what happened? You know, people are going to remember like, yeah, that guy was kind of funny, but he was kind of weird, too. But if you start real hot, and you end real hot. But like, oh, yeah, I was kind of funny. And, you know, there's still, you know. You have to start, you have to establish yourself quick. Uh, I, 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 I like to do that joke about pointing at dude's forearms. That's uh, that's fun because like you know, it's a uh, get him engaged and it's material. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I could right. I could do that joke without pointing to somebody, but pointing to them now they're invested. Even even if everybody else checks out, that guy's like, oh, "What's he gonna say about my forearms?" You know yeah. what I'm saying? 
or even uh, one of the I like to I kind of like to just talk to people know my act. I, you know, if I, if I remember your name, if I remember what I called you, I kind of look at it like um, like if you ever played Guitar Hero, you got like little jewels that fall. Yeah. So if I call your name out, I'll look at crowd and i'll see little jewels fall and i'll say oh yeah oh bang orange button green button red button i know i know i can i can work those in as callbacks or engaging with people like i called those those guys uh that, that group of dudes up there five theta cockers yes that was so funny and everyone remembers that, that yeah and i it was one of those things where i knew it one it's it's phonetically it's funny you know the diction mm-hmm. of it like five theta cockers it just sounds funny and and two, it's just like, like if you look at a group of dudes and you call them frat boys, like everybody likes them. They're like, oh look at those fucking assholes, you know. Yeah. It's just fun. And it, ever after the show, they call it was like, we weren't, we're not even in a frat. We all dropped out of college. I'm like my man, I was like, all right, cool. And they were good sports, but because it's fun, you know. Yeah. And it's not really an insult. It's just like hey, that's what you look like. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, you know, somebody's in the front row and you and you have a good observation that everyone goes, yeah, you know, he fucking does look like he's a mailman or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It's it's a generalization. And honestly, sometimes that way, too, it almost feels safer for the person you're, you're picking. Or, I don't know if picking on is the right word, but talking to. Because mm-hmm. it's not true. So it's like a character of who they are, who they look like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People don't know you. They, they, they want to be, you know, summed up as quickly as, and succinctly as possible. As possible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You figure out like something that's like um, I don't want to use the term stereotypes, but sometimes generalizations of people. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you look uh, like you look at a girl, you might I might say some shit like you know, oh, it looks like you sell essential oils on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? It looks like you know the secrets of lavender, and it may not be true. People are be like, oh yeah, she does look like that, dude. You know, yeah. it's just one of those things where as you figure out like how a, a nice uh, tag or how you work with things. And then also too, sometimes people are talking during the show and like they're part of the show regardless. Like even if you want to do your material, that lady talking pretty loud is pretty big part of the fucking show. Uh, And they're going to remember her talking just as much as your jokes. So I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to try to fight with them. I'll be like, Mm -hmm. Oh, Hey, you know, you know, you're at a comedy show and and I'll talk to them. I'll start to get like, Hey, maybe I can get something out of them. Who knows? Cause guess what? If we're talking, even if she roasts me, and get to laugh. Well, guess what? They're still laughing. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you and if you paid me to come to your show, uh, and they're laughing the whole way through, even if a couple of them are at my expense, I mean, I'm 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 down with that. It's a different tool. It's not my favorite tool. I don't want that to happen. But if it does, yeah. There was uh there's that guy, uh, Jamie Kennedy, came out with that documentary Heckler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It's kind of silly, but um, I think there's this one comic. He's like, man, look, if somebody heckles me and it gets a laugh. They're paying me for that shit. So, I mean, I don't care. They're paying me as long as I'm cool. I mean, people, as long as you don't freak out or anything like that, or like, you'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? If if you get burned, you know, you you could take an L every now and then. I mean, and you should work that to your advantage. They say you look like something that everybody just relates to. Everyone's like, oh, that asshole does look like that. Just play into it, man. I mean, you should be able to work in and out of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And a lot of times people, Comedy is very like you know if they sense weakness like the crowd senses oh, like, yeah. oh this guy is it, it, this guy doesn't he seems shaky I don't trust it I don't like it and like you know unless he he has some good jokes people t- they either tune out or somebody will get ballsy and be like you know what you you fucking suck did that happen last night at the open mic 
<laughs> you know, somebody came up and they were just like, you know, they weren't they just weren't doing well. Their material wasn't hidden. And they, you know, mm-hmm. I and I've been there, man. And it's like, you know, you, you start getting a little shaky and then you start maybe you go to something edgy and if someone doesn't like that. And someone's like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Dude, that's such Fuck a pattern. Guy. They see that they're messing up. And then so they say something super edgy and then everyone's already turned off by what they're saying. And that just makes them like, uh, like makes them cringe even more. I, I see I, that happen all the time. Well, you start thinking like, oh, I'm just going to hate fuck this audience or I'm just gonna, like, you know, I'm just going to fucking, you know, the, yo, you guys like that joke? Well, fuck you. Here's this joke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I I get it. I mean, sometimes like, you know, it's it's one of those things where like if you take big swings, like there's a high percentage you're going to miss. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I, I ran into Daniel, Daniel Van Kirk at Secret Group and he made a good point about like uh, how like stand-ups are like a dartboard and like the edgier the material the smaller the bullseye is mm-hmm. i think he talks about it on his podcast with like rory scoble but like it's true man like if you take these huge swings at stuff i mean if you're a baseball player if you're swinging for home runs every time you're gonna strike out a lot so you better be hitting fucking 50 home runs you know what i'm saying you better yeah. fucking be making if you're hitting for contact you know you know now i will say this I would rather somebody swing in a tasteful way. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, if you want to have, like, an out-there joke, as long as it's well-constructed, not mean-spirited, not just something re- super offensive for the sake of being offensive, but if it's a good bit, yeah. it's a good bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you shouldn't limit yourself. I'm not saying that at all. But realize, like, you know, when it's not going well, people already aren't on your side. Right. And if you're doing a joke that requires them, hey, like, I, I have to kind of like this guy. To, to go here mm-hmm. then it's just not gonna work but yeah, yeah. It, it it happens everybody bombs man i i, I eat shit i i mean i, I talked the shit about crowd work earlier but I, I eat shit too and it's also your definition of eating shit changes you know what i'm saying yeah like if i got laughs from some crowd work but all my new jokes it's just fucking fell flat i'm like ah that's that kind of sucked that wasn't what i wanted you know what i'm saying i'd rather yeah. my new material work than having just like crowd work and an open mic you know what I'm saying? That being yeah. said, I do. I I will say this: when I don't have new shit or I don't like feel like creative, like I'll go up there, and I'll like fuck it, I'll I'll talk to these people and then I'll talk to them and I'll I'll figure out like, hey, if this isn't going well, I'll do an established bit, try to get them back in my side. Yeah, that's and kind ballsy. of them again. But like, also, it's it's a way. To, I think it keeps you sharp because you have to fucking just be as present as possible. Yeah, uh, you fucking make you. You have to make split decisions. Like you're like, I'm. I'm gonna say this. Hopefully it works, and maybe something else will come. Because you really can't think with crowd work. You have to. Yeah. You have to kind of. You have to be quick. You can't really sit there and be like, oh, that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Now, that's fight or fight or flight. That kicks in. Yeah. It's, you got to fight. Exactly. It's 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 very much a a fight or flight response, and like uh, that can be honed. It can be trained, but even then it's still fucking, it's just as unpredictable for me as it is for you. You know, yeah. I didn't really go up there with a plan. I might have a, a vague idea, like, oh, I think I know what I'm going to say to that guy. Or maybe I'll, when I, when I, before the show, I like to sit there. I can get there an hour before the show, see what the vibe of the show is like, look at the people there. That's kind of what I was thinking when I was looking at, I wrote a set list out, like, for like, you know, 20 to 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I wasn't going to run the light, but I was like, you know, I want to see, I want to have some options here. Right. Maybe, 
It's like, I, I was, we, we, you've messaged me earlier about the pre-workout you were taking. Like I have a bit about pre-workouts, but I was looking at that crowd and I think the Barstool Sports Bros would have liked it, but I don't think pre-workout would have been like a, a, everybody on my side. And it's like, all right, I don't really know what this is. Right. And it's like, like the nursing kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like one of those things where I, I'm just not on, not on board from the mm. get-go. This isn't a subject that interests me. Now, I try to, I've tried to make it to where I could talk to somebody who doesn't know shit about pre-workout. I'm not writing material from people who, for only people who are knowledgeable in it. I would hope that even if you know nothing about it, you find the bit funny. But I was like, ah, I think I'm going to lay off that one. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. Or even some of my other, like, uh, family jokes that are a little darker. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's talk about my dick. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. But dude, I mean, to have to be able to have material like that, obviously, it sounds like you've been doing this for a long time. How long have you been doing comedy? I've been doing it for five years in June. Okay, wow. Where, uh, where did you start? Where did I start? Uh, first place, I ever did comedy. It was in Houston. It was at PJ Sports Bar. I want to say it was at the beginning of June, maybe the last weekend in May of 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I did it. Didn't necessarily go well, but like I liked the way my voice sounded out of the speakers. I was like, "That's kind of cool. I like this. Yeah. This was fun." Like, I didn't murder by any stretch of the imagination, but I had a couple chuckles, and I, I was like, "Oh, this is this feels great." Like, you know what I'm saying? A lot, a lot of times, like the novelty of going up there and be like, "Oh, who can I do?" You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I didn't really. Um, it took a while for me to start like understanding like you know, writing material and all that stuff, like, you think, like, oh, I'm going to be so different from everybody else. I'm going to be so, this is not, so you start writing just outlandish shit, and, like, you realize, oh, this isn't really relatable at all. And I'm being real edgy, you know, being fucking, you know, cocky about it. And you realize that's, like, unapproachable. Like, when I first started, I was a bigger guy. I was, like, maybe, like, when I first started, I was, like, 270. I got, like, 320. I was a bigger guy. And, like, I was a little bit – I was a lot angrier when I first started on stage. And that's something you can kind of get away with when you're, like, you're a little fatter because everyone's like, oh, look, it's the angry fat guy. Good for him. You know what I'm saying? Hey, good for that guy. He's getting him back. Look at him. But, like, now, like, you know, I'm a good-looking guy. Like, I I get – I mean, like, I get a little animated on stage. I'm trying to be angry because nobody's mm-hmm. like, it's like, why is this asshole angry? You know what I'm right. saying? What the fuck? You know, I don't want to – fuck you. You know what I'm saying? So there are some things – where you realize how you appear to people on stage how they perceive you mm-hmm. it's like you know it's it's entertainment and it is visual because they're watching you how they perceive you is kind of a big part of it you gotta understand kind of how you're perceived a lot of times that's why like you know even self-deprecating shit works almost you know everywhere because people are like oh like you know you're kind of an asshole right like you know you're right. kind of a prick you know yeah i know i'll talk yeah. about it you know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of, uh, and I've, I've seen this with a lot of like, like at, at open mics and stuff, people are like, oh yeah, dude, I love Bill Burr. And like, I don't know why, but Bill Burr is like the person that always stands out. And they're like, yeah, I want to do some stuff like he does. And so they do like some really edgy stuff like you're talking about. And, and people are like, you're just sound angry up there. Like it yeah. doesn't, doesn't sound like it's going to be funny. It just sounds like you're just mad. And nobody wants to just sit there and just sure, you know, be sure. yelled at for five minutes or whatever their well, time. What, do you play an instrument, Jacob? I do, yeah. I play a uh, guitar. Excellent. When you first started playing guitar, I bet you were like, man, I want to fucking sound just like Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want to sound just like fucking Zach Wilde. I want to sound just like fucking Steve. I want to sound like the greatest guitar players on the planet. But you realize they practice 10 to 12 hours a day. 
So yeah, I would like to sound like Bill Burr too, but he's been doing comedy for like 30 years. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't, he didn't even start like getting like any real momentum to like, you know, 10, 15 years in. And mm-hmm. that's because he had worked so hard and developed his style. I mean, like Bill, I'm sure fucking Bill Burr has bombed a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm sure he's gone through some fucking tough roads. And like he's developed a skill set to be able to do that. So when you look at somebody who's a who's, you know, getting close to being a master of their craft, I mean, I don't know. I, I like Bill Burr a lot. Love Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. But like he's he's pretty fucking close to as elite a comedian as you could be. Like I can't, I'm not, I can't copy that because I don't have that skill set. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people don't realize when they watch comedy, it's like, oh, this guy is fucking, he's doing so well, this looks effortless. This is easy. I could do that. Well, it's all that work that makes it into going looking, the looking so fucking easy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's Bill Burroughs. I mean, he also has his podcast where he just rants for like an hour. That's just kind of who he is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's a seamless transition to who he is on stage. So, like, you can't you can't just start comedy and then start fucking, you know, or you can't just start playing guitar your first six months and, like, you know, you're going to start fucking being the best guitarist in the world, unless you're a prodigy. Yeah. That, doesn't, I don't, that doesn't really... I mean, it exists, maybe in some sense, in comedy. Some people fucking take off pretty quick, but most people, 98% of people, you're not going to be fucking Bill Burr in, like, you know, in, in any in a short period of time, you have to take a monumental amount of work and a monumental amount of time, a monumental amount of time to build that skill. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. Yeah. What was the first joke you ever wrote? <laughs> oh man. I know the first joke I ever wrote that consistently worked. Uh, but the first joke I ever wrote, the one that comes to mind, it was, um, I remember I, I basically the first time I went up, I just kind of jotted a few things down. One of them was a, a bit about how uh, how Spider Man, if he was at anatomically correct, he would shoot web from his ass, and how like you know how much how much different would that be? Yeah. And how crazy <laughs> movies be then? And there was another movie. It was a movie that came out around that time. It was called The Darkness or something. Mm-hmm. And like uh, these people brought their uh, their autistic son to the desert. That's that's in the film. That's not me being a prick. I'm not just labeling that. It's, but they brought their son to the desert, and like somehow they just let him explore for like I don't know why a while. And he found like this fucking box, and he opened it, and he got possessed by some Native American demon. And I was like, this whole movie could have been avoided if you're just decent fucking parents. I don't understand yeah. why anybody, <laughs> but their you know their son, even if he wasn't spe- like you know wander around the fucking desert. And then my big closer was a. Uh, I think the way we introduced Jesus back to the kids and we made like a Jesus workout video, you know, and I was like, you know, and I would like shuffle back and forth like, oh, you're dodging those spears, you're dodging those spears. And like I waved my arms and I heal them, those lepers, heal them, those lepers. And I, I put my arms out like this, pull them and like you're ripping out those nails, ripping out those nails. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And it was very, you know, I was very loud. And uh, I thought it was pretty funny. But right. it was like, yeah, it with hindsight, like, you know, I don't really think that's a, I don't think I would do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I would say the first joke I wrote that ever consistently works, like worked all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, a, it's, I, I, I use it every now and then too. I, I, when I do the shocker show, I use it. I say, uh, basically say like, I, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit out of sorts on the way up here. I was texting and driving and uh, I almost hit a kid. 
but it's kind of bittersweet though because all the time I've been doing comedy, I've been the first time I killed. <laughs> so it's silly. It's yeah. kind of like it's 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 self-deprecating, but it's also I'm hitting a kid with a, I'm talking about hitting a kid with a car. So right. Well yeah. Is that what that shocker show is? I saw I saw your post about that the other day. What is that? Yeah. Shocker Show is a show by uh, Jesse Payton and Ben Daniels run it. And uh, it's like a show where, you know, the it's a theme. It, it's like, you know, we want to we do a show where it's like more edgy material. You know what I'm saying? You with being as crazy as possible. Now, in saying that, just because people buy a ticket to see a show called Shocker doesn't mean you can just be fucking completely. You just have to be funny. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just, yeah. you can't just start saying, you know, offensive shit. That's not what the show is. The show is still a comedy show. You know what I'm saying? And I was, yeah. Yeah, I was talking to a couple comments on the show. They were like, oh, they kind of pulled back on some of the darker stuff. I'm like, well, you know, as audiences, you know, you could push an audience, but there's a point where they just like, oh, I'm not on board with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I, there, there was a couple jokes in my set where, you know, they, they've worked in other places. and I did them there. Mm-hmm. And they're edgy jokes. And it just didn't really, it didn't hit as hard as some of the other stuff did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, and that's the thing too. And this is back to your set. You, you can hear fucking, uh, you know, when the whole room laughs, you know, when you got everybody like, ah, it's a huge pop, you know, mm-hmm. and I mean, other stuff was kind of like middling. Like you still get laughs, a good amount of laughs, but it's not that same fucking, ah, you know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, I had a coach named coach Dungan, this huge fucking mound of a guy. And he was like, it was like a JV four practice. He's like, man, when you hit somebody real hard, when you get one of them big hits, it's addictive. That's all you want to do. I'm like, oh fuck! All right, I, 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 okay, you know, I'll get a concussion. I'll knock him out, coach. You know what I'm saying? So like, same thing with football. That's, I mean, same thing with football. Uh, I think that's the same thing with like getting laughs in comedy. You know, when you get a fucking huge pop, mm-hmm. and now all my laughs are like, you know, I, I did I get that same pop? Did I get him again? And like, I don't know if that's fucking. Man, I've I've seen it happen. People fucking go, bang, 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 like these huge fucking laughs. So it's possible. So like that's how I judge, you know, my set. It's like you know, hopefully I'm getting fucking huge laughs, huge laughs, huge laughs. Now, if you, it, there's a there's like the the adage like if like you really want to measure how good your set is, like you know, mm-hmm. with the numbers, if you get a laugh every 15 seconds, that's a pro. That's what a pro would do. Every 15 seconds, you're getting the laugh. And then and I thought some people were like, well, you know, if, if I fucking have longer setups, but I get a huge pop every time, is that still good i'm like you know of course of course that's still great you know what i'm saying some jokes have longer setups and that's not a bad thing i mean as you get a fucking huge laugh you still get a huge laugh you know what i'm saying but that's how i i kind of of like man i want to get that fucking big laugh every time you know what i'm saying that's what you're swinging for yeah what what's the biggest show that you've ever done oh man i don't know i've done it's a tough question because like a lot there's been some pretty sizable shows Mm -hmm. That I've done as far I mean, your show is one of the bigger shows I've done. Uh, three hundred people there, and how that wow, okay. the amount of people. It's three hundred people. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of people. I've probably mm-hmm. done that. I don't know. Maybe I want to say at least maybe around ten times. You know, I've done a couple uh, improv spots. Uh, At the Houston Improv. Yeah, yeah, they, they were uh, they were during the week though, so we're, mm-hmm. you know, I, I haven't featured yet there or had a host weekend yet there. Uh, some of the secret show, secret uh, group shows have been a lot of fun. But, man, it's kind of weird. It's I've never really, 
I guess because a lot of times, like when I look at my comedy career, like I don't have like a credit or something that's like I I haven't been on a festival yet. Gotcha. I mean, yeah. Some of the things like that. So I don't. I'm just like fucking. Ah, what what is what's what do I have? Right. What do I have except this this skill? And that gets frustrating. So like it's I've done some great shows. I've been a part of some awesome fucking lineups. What it's like, I don't I don't I don't really know. I don't know what my biggest show would have been. I will mm-hmm. say, I, that, you know, my biggest show is always the next one, baby. That's what it is. Hey, there we go. I like uh, it. And I'm all, I'm, I enjoy the grind of comedy. And like, I, I this where I'm at now, I understand my reward for comedy is more comedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's what I want. I want to, I want to, I can get as booked as much as possible. And I'm investing in myself. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I'm not really worried about, like, you know, getting, I'm not worried about a huge payday. A lot of the times, man, I have a day job. I'm blessed to have a day job and, you know, be able to have money. And so now I'm just like, hey, how can I build my skill the most I can? Well, well, not, I mean, you know, and I'm not in a a stand-up mecca. mecca. And I still, I think Houston's kind of a hidden gem. Mm -hmm. When it comes to comedy, I hear a lot of guys come from out of town say, man, you guys have a lot of great weekday shows. You have a lot of great mics for fucking people there not just comedians because yes i i think getting up as much as possible will make you better but also like you know doing a bunch of mics in front of just comedians can can suck i'm not saying that you shouldn't do open mics when there's just comedians there i'm not saying that at all i think uh, doing that helps and like you'll get if you start making all these comics laugh, like you know that's how you know you either got something really good or sometimes it's just something that's you know Maybe so fucked up. That's that's a thing too. Like sometimes, like there there are great bits where everybody enjoys. Sometimes you can just have sometimes there's bits where you make all the comics laugh, but it's just because it's like fucked up and we just like you know like fucked up shit. Or yeah. it's just or, you know, uh, I I don't I don't think it's bad to do a lot of open mics, but I will say like you know, like even during the pandemic when some of the mics would happen and it's just comics, you're like, fuck, yeah, man, what the fuck? So. You have to establish what your goal is at that point. What do I want from this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't want to do any material that like they've heard or that I know works because, you know, it's, this, is, this is just a workout session. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. And if you approach it like that, I think that's the best way to do it. But it can be soul sucking. You know, it's doing much much fun of comedians. But I think Houston has a lot of great open mics. It's got a lot of great shows. That's And that's the thing, too. That's you know, if I can get on, uh, you know, four to seven shows a week, I mean, that's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's kind of what I want. Or even get on stage. I, you know, I try to get on stage as much as I try to get on stage eight to 12 times a week if possible. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I try to always strive for. And that way that kind of builds and I, and I work on chunks of my act. And I'm doing mics in front of just comedians sometimes, but I'm doing mics in front of people too. And I can really test out what I, mm-hmm. what's going on, you know? Yeah, that's exciting, man. The high, <laughs> the high roller life of being a stand-up comedian. Well, you know, man, it's I love doing it. It's a lot of fun. I get to meet a lot of cool people. I get to go to a lot of places I wouldn't get to go to normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, you know, I'm, I don't really travel a whole lot. But, like, I like going to places to do stand- <clears throat> stand-up, you know what I'm saying? We're yeah. going to go somewhere, you know, have a couple beers, talk some shit. I'm, I'm down for that. Let's do that, baby. You know, that's what I want to do. I love yeah. stand-up. Man. I don't, I mean, that's all i want to do i would i mean like you know after your show i was like fuck man i want to want to get up again you know what i'm saying yeah that 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 being said uh 
I got a buddy named Will Loden. who's a great comic. And we had a good show. And it was Saturday night. And there was a three-minute mic at a speedball at Secret Group. And I was like, I think I'm going to go to that. And he's like, man, just take the W. Just take the win for tonight. Yeah. And I went there and I ate shit for like three minutes. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> and I, 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 that is something that I'm trying to do more is enjoy the good moments. Yeah. The good stuff that happens. Because, you know, it's not that it's few and far between, but just understand, hey, this was a win. Take, take the win. You know what I'm saying? You know, the getting up again isn't a bad thing but also understand like hey like you you got you you got exactly what you s- sought to do you did which is good yeah you know what i'm saying but it's always a, a dual thing because i like i mean i like being on stage i like that shit i i like doing it uh, i like trying out new stuff even even if i bomb i'd rather be on stage it, it sucks to bomb it's not fun but yeah. i'd rather be on stage you know what i'm saying yeah, I remember going to uh, I went to Baton Rouge where Seth Seth hosts an open mic over there at a place called the Station. And whenever I I went after I had gone a couple times last year before COVID, and then yeah. after whenever everything opened back up, I went I went two two weeks in a row. So the first week I went, I did material that I've done before that like it's pretty universal, and I know that like it works. So I, I did a, did those five minutes and I killed it. So the next week I was trying all new material and I was like, the crowd loves me. They, they're already going to know like what's up. And whenever I go up there, they're just going to laugh anyways. So I get up there. I didn't know the material well enough. I didn't prep. I didn't practice like I should have just getting back into the swing of comedy. And I bombed so hard. Nobody laughed. I tried. I told a joke, that president's joke that I told at the show. That one's always been like, that was one of the very first jokes I ever wrote. And I don't know why, but for some reason, it's, it's just always hit. And, I, and I, so I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll save it and I'll end it with this. Well, I told that joke and nobody laughed. I did, they just kept staring at me. But it was like we talked about before, like they were already like, okay, this guy's not funny. They've already checked out. Like they're, they're not paying yeah. attention to me anymore. Did not have them on my side. For sure, man. I mean, that, that happens. It happens all the time. Uh, Stand up's a very humbling experience. It, it's. Uh, I'm always nervous before I go on stage. I always, if you're around me, before I go, I'm, I'm usually sitting there going, thinking, I'm gonna fucking eat shit. I'm gonna bomb. Uh, these people are gonna fucking hate me. You know what I'm saying? Because it's. I mean, it is. A, it's a scary proposition to go up there anyway and, and do your thing. And it's fun as it is. It's. Um, I think you have to have a certain level of respect for what you're about to do because like any every crowd's different you know what i'm saying every crowd's a little has a different sensibility mm-hmm. now you want to work to be funny in front of every kind of crowd but i never really think like there are times when i hear like a crowd being hot and i'm like all right all right cool 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 they're they're on board but i'm still i'm, I'm still cautious you know what i'm saying right. like the way you structure your set like, like it, if i'm doing new new stuff i usually sandwich it in between a few, maybe an established bit or two, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like if I go to an open mic, I was like, hey, this is not gonna be like, I'm not gonna do a whole five, new five minutes at every open mic. That's not realistic. Uh, I'm right. gonna do, you know, I want to try to do maybe three minutes of established stuff. But if I can do two minutes of newer stuff or maybe something in a different way, and if I get a line, if I get a fucking syllable from this, great. Mm-hmm. That's you know, you're building, you're building your act syllable by syllable line by line so if you get one of those 
perfect. And then you realize different ways to get in and out of things as well because you're doing stuff out of order. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's very beneficial to cut your act up and maybe like switch the order of things, find how different things flow together, build chunks. Um, when you do that, you'll think of different transitions, think of different ways to get into bits. You might think of a callback and be more efficient with your writing. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And also, too, you might feel like, hey, I like this joke. I, maybe I should expand on this idea. So yeah. I, I think when open mics are, are where it's where you get better. It's where you fucking work your shit out. It's where you do everything needed to be a great comic. Mm-hmm. You have to have a goal. You know what I'm saying? It's very easy to kind of get this. I mean, some, like one of the cool things about Secret Group is it's such a fun hang, but it's like also like when I go there, like I, gotta, I don't want to just get fucked up on a Tuesday night. I want to get I, I want to get some work done. You know what I'm saying? That's why I came out here. And so, I mean, it's a great and, and that's a trap you can fall into. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the thing about being in comedy is like, you know, you're kind of I don't know if the party's the right word, but it's, it's like it's you very know, social it, and you have to be able to separate yeah. that out. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I think it's good. I, I mean, I like talking to all the comics like that, mm-hmm. like shooting the shit on the porch. But like, I don't, I don't want to get hammered every time I go to a mic. I don't want right. to much as they fucking have a good time. I like to, to work on this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See what happens. And there's sometimes, hey, you know, fucking crowd's dead, whatever. Or some things aren't going your way. Well, you know, yeah. bombing. When you bomb and you eat shit horrendously, there, there's a very valuable lesson in that and that's just the fucking stay the course get your shit together and not freak out you know try and be as calm as possible as you eat this huge pile of shit (laughs) absolutely well look man before we before we hop off why don't you tell everybody kind of about the the secret group and the uh and the open mic that you run oh cool well i i run the i run i'm one of the hosts of the secret group open mic every sunday uh that's me, Jamal Rahal, and Henry Price, good buddies of mine, great comics. I'm actually going to be on Jamal's show tomorrow, which he hosts with Bob Morrissey and uh, Drew Hallway. It's called Comedy Bathhouse. I'm actually headlining. I'm very excited about that. Awesome. Yeah, good time. They run that show every uh, couple weeks at Secret Group on Tuesdays. And then Thursday, I have my show at Rudyard's. Uh, it's brought to you by The Riot, which is Brian Gendron and Drew Wilson, or Drew Jordan, excuse me. And they do all this cool shit at Rudyard's. They run all kinds of shows there. It's like a, they basically turn it into a comedy club. And mm-hmm. my show, America's Fuck 2, World War Three, it's a comedy uh, competition you know, where like, I, I go up, I do some time, and maybe a guest drop in, and then we have five to six comics. So you can have the best set, and the winner gets the belt, and they get to be on the next show. That's always a lot of fun. That's a monthly show. And uh, I also run a show with my buddy Charles Justice and Jamal called degenerate disco bringing that sucker down to brian texas uh august 18th that's like a music comedy show it's a very mm-hmm. fun time and then uh secret group they have all kinds of badass shows and it's I'd like to be a part of I, you know they book me a lot so thank god love that love being there i'm hosting the best of showcase uh friday and saturday this week that's gonna be a lot of fun and then uh let's see what else I got. and then uh um, 2k comedy club is opening up outside of the loop in uh humble i'm hosting their opening weekend their grand opening weekend i'm very excited about that and i'm I, and also since fucking we're doing it all I, it's okay, my i'm hosting at house of blues august 13th so i got a lot of fun stuff coming up man oh yeah man well look dude i'm gonna take uh 
if you can send all that to me, I will put it in the link for the podcast as well as in sure. Facebook oh, yeah. and everything. And oh, yeah. Because uh, I've, I've got a bunch of friends out in Houston and uh, and they, I had a bunch, actually, the first time I met you, it was the week before, like everything shut down. It was at the secret group, 1 a.m. in the morning and there was like 30 people. It was the speed ball, but it was the late night. Yeah, and I remember that, yeah. So everyone got three minutes and I remember I, by the time I finally went up there, there was like two people plus my five friends that I brought. It was like one in the morning. And I was that was my one of my very first times doing that was the only time I've ever done comedy in Houston. And I was like, Yeah, this is what it's gonna be like. And <laughs> I was just I was so pumped. And uh, but but yeah, so I just, I have a lot of friends out in Houston and definitely gonna try and come out to to some of these shows. Uh, yeah, which I've got going on and uh, but yeah man so definitely send that over to me I'll put it in the link and I uh, appreciate you coming on Patrick oh thanks Jacob thanks for, I appreciate you man uh, thanks for having me out at your shows I have a fucking great time they shut me on the podcast man I hope I'll work with you again in the future fucking cool as hell thanks my man appreciate you appreciate it man all right this is Sawyer Saloon signing off <laughs>